Hello, everybody, and welcome to Synchronous, a video game zeitgeist show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And that's right, dear listener, you heard we have transformed once again into uh, a zeitgeist show wherein we will be talking about video games from this year or <gasps> video games that we have played this year at the very least mm-hmm. uh, that maybe people have told us to play, but maybe not. Maybe games that I was told not to play, but I'm a rebel and I played them. (laughs) Uh, We are going to be doing this for the rest of the year. Uh, I'm very excited about it, honestly, because I've been playing, surprisingly, other video games. uh, And I'm very excited to talk about them. Uh, And for the entirety of this, I guess, season, I guess technically this is season five. We will be having guests on every episode, which is just thrilling. Uh, And the guests today are the hosts of the wonderful show Video Game Podtimism. Uh, you know him, you love him. Chase. Hi. Has been here before. He is back. I'm, I'm uh, old news at this point. <laughs> old news. And moving on to the much more exciting, much more important guest on the show today, uh, David. Hello, welcome. Hello. Welcome. Uh, AKA the new hotness. That's me. <laughs> the new hotness, David. Yes. I'm so delighted to have you both on the show yeah, today. thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for yeah. inviting us. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Glad. We really appreciate it. Uh, now, just a quick question. Chase, I know uh-huh. you've guested on this show and, and possibly other shows. David, have you ever been a guest on a podcast? I have not. This is this is an, a new experience wow. for me. Wow. This is an yeah. honor. This is an wow. honor for Asynchronous. Yeah. Thank, thank you for expanding my world. <laughs> <laughs> I think before we get into the games we want to talk about today, before we get into the bullshit, actually, because there is still bullshit. I'm There's so excited bullshit. about this. I didn't know this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you guys want to give us a, a little pitch for what video game podtimism is? Uh, yeah, I have notes. I can do it. Okay. Chase <laughs> um, is ready. Yeah, I, I have I have four pages of notes for this. I have to I had to write a bunch of stuff just down. for the video game potimism portion. No, just oh my god, <laughs> I have ri- I've written a treatise, a treatise, a treatise, yeah. an essay about uh, in the no. first episode we talked. I mean about. that would be appropriate because my notes are notoriously long, so it feels <laughs> yes. like it would be in keeping with the asynchronous spirit. In this yes. podcast, I will. <laughs> Uh, uh, No, so uh, David and I have been friends for a very long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're both in our 30s at this point, and I think we've been friends since we were like five. Uh, So we've been like talking about video games for the better part of like 30 years at this point. So there was that as a setup. Uh, I think in like, David, remind me when this was, but we were like hanging out at your house at some point and was like, we should do something, right? It was... 2018 or 2017 somewhere around so, there yeah i think it was 2018 because i think i was done with grad school at the time yeah yeah we're like let's do something because um like most of the time that we had grown up games media was like essentially just like a buyer's guide more than like uh and and like most of the criticism was aimed at determining whether a game was like worth your money yeah. or not mm-hmm. Um, which mm-hmm. like definitely brings its own angle on things. And I like, I don't think this always happens, but often it can heavily focus on like the negatives of a game and like drive the conversation towards that. And so like we had just felt like there was this overwhelming amount of negativity and like the criticism and like games conversation as a whole. And like, you know, it like is spending $60 on Buck Bumble in 2022 worth it? Like probably not, but <laughs> like without doing the episode that we did about that, I wouldn't have been introduced to like jungle or breakbeat music. So mm. There's still like mm-hmm. value in looking at these things as an artistic medium rather than just like a product that is worth buying or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like a lot of what we were trying to do at Podtimism is just figure out like if any individual like what any individual game is doing right. And then like, you know, because like a video game will at least do one thing cool. 
you know, like most of it can be totally bad, but like Blinks, the cat is still cute. Like that was a thing that we found (laughs) when playing through Blinks was like, cool cat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so like, I wouldn't say that we're a show that intentionally ignores the parts of a game that don't work for us, but it usually is just not really the focal point of the conversation. Um, And so our episodes will usually just break down on the lines of like, this is the the stuff we're playing. And then looking at usually like an older single game that's like, okay. And then picking out the stuff that we like about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Succinct. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Um, (laughs) Potimism, like every time I listen, it's just like a breath of fresh air. So you guys Mm -hmm. uh, like really are succeeding in that mission statement thank you and also the spooky stories are my favorite thing in the entire world <laughs> spooky stories are great <laughs> they just came out there's fresh ones out there yeah they were the oh, they were so good this year they were really good yes yeah, so I, I guess for context every october mm-hmm. every spooky season chase and david will write one story each one story or, each mm-hmm. yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah and and do it on the show with some some nice soundscaping and sound effects. It's it's a really uh, a great great job editing it, Chase. Great Thank you. Job. Appreciate you. Uh, I, I do a very hard mm-hmm. job of googling free use spooky horror music and then putting that <laughs> in in the episode. Yes. Thank you to YouTube for having just people uploading songs. Shouts out to YouTube. Really, <laughs> <laughs> they need it. You know. Yeah. Really um, underground. This episode sponsored plot. by YouTube. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. wanted to tube? Go to YouTube.com. Wow. It's the tube for you. It's the, it's the tube for you. <laughs> oh, no. This is going... This is great. It's the tube for you. See, I've never actually thought about the name YouTube as like... Mm-hmm. I've never actually thought about the word tube in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's like television, you know, they people yeah, used to call the it tubes. the tube, but like tube doesn't mean that anymore. <laughs> it's just no, true. It's something yeah. else. Maybe you should it's, consider the tube. Consider the tube. Uh, if we had episode names, I think that might be what the episode name yeah, is. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's a reflex that I think David and I, I are always trying to find just the most outlandish <laughs> sentence we can say, just as a way to settle on an episode title before we're finished. I mean, something. that's podcasting, yeah. isn't it? That is podcasting. Yeah, that's half, that's yeah, half the word. It's like, it's like, this makes no sense out of context. This is the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, video game potimism is a, is a great show. I, I agree Thank with you. him. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. I've almost been listening for a year. Uh, I, 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 uh, only got into it in like March or February or something, but you guys are great. I love listening to you guys talk. Uh, I'm excited to have you on the show today, but yeah. before we get into talking about games, mm-hmm. Kim, what's this bullshit? Please. Um, so yes, we do have some bullshit today. Some, mm. some might call this bullshit. Some might call this an intervention. Um, because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> today... <laughs> I know where this is going. (laughs) Today, uh, we're going to be ranking Chase's known food crimes. And I say known because this is just what I know. There's so many more. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear about them um, and condemn you for them. So uh, background for anyone not on this call. um, Mm -hmm. We learned some things about Chase's past. Uh, vis-a-vis food yeah. that were very disturbing um and that only led to him opening up more about it uh, yeah. w- when maybe that pandora's box should have been kept closed <laughs> yeah. but here we are and so um uh, we're gonna I, I there are five known food crimes unless yeah. i'm missing something and so we're gonna rank them in order from <laughs> uh, least to most grievous mm-hmm. yeah uh First up, the least terrible food crime is uh-huh. uh, the bean sandwiches. Oh, this is an interesting mm-hmm. call for number five. 
Oh, do you think so? It's it's essential. Well, I'll, I'll let you get going. But a bean sandwich <laughs> is essentially a soup sandwich, which is like sort of mm. cursed on its own. But um, mm. I'm, I'm interested to hear your reasons. All right. Maybe I need to reevaluate this. But here, let me read the description that <laughs> Please, you provided yeah. us, which was I used to eat, quote, bean sandwiches. <laughs> Which were just yeah. baked beans with ketchup in between a hamburger bun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delicious. And the reason why I put this pretty low is that this is, it's it's bad, but it's mm-hmm. bad in the way that English food is bad. Like this is right. basically yeah. beans on toast. It's mm-hmm. basically beans on toast. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not great. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not great in the way that our world's worst cuisine is not great. This could be a cultural difference if if set in a different right. like s- situation. Yeah, right. Mm. I mean, I'm sure even the English might balk at the the ketchup <laughs> the hamburger and the hamburger. Bun. The, in, the bun. inclusion yeah. of ketchup, I think, really does make it a little bit more of a crime than just being on toast. <laughs> David, what was it like for you to experience this for the first time? You know, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I've been, yeah. this is the moment I've been waiting for for many years at this point to, to finally bring Chase's atrocities to the world mm-hmm. um, yeah. and just, just let people, let people know, let the truth come out. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was disturbing to say the least. And especially yeah. with the, with the bean sandwich, I would like a clarifying question because I cannot remember, uh, yeah. but were the beans uh warm or were they straight from the can like did you just open up the can and put it on there like uh like dog food i guess (laughs) (laughs) um this uh they have to be warmed this i will say is usually the sort of cuisine that i would eat at like a thanksgiving um (laughs) 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 so i was uh a picky eater if you couldn't tell from the sort of (laughs) Yeah. Uh, buffoonery that's on my menu but uh i <clears throat> didn't really like the stuff that people served at thanksgiving my family specifically like turkey was a tough call for me i wasn't really into turkey gravy sure. was gross uh mashed potatoes were cool i would have that on the side of my bean sandwich but uh the rest mm. of it just wasn't really my bag and so um I unfortunately would make my family be like, I would bring over my can of beans and my hamburger buns <laughs> and sort of ask like, Hey, could you just toss this on the, on the, uh, the stovetop real quick, heat these up so I can get my Thanksgiving dinner cooking. So this oh is special occasion food. Is what yeah. 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 It's a little treat. Oh man. <laughs> let's just, let's just remember Chase's statement that Turkey was not good with him for something that's going to come later on in, in this list that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's a great yeah, point. Yes. Can I just cla- just a clarifying question as well? Sure. What age was this that you were eating mm. the bean sandwich? I was pretty young. I'd say like okay. elementary school age. Okay. Okay. Because you said you were bringing the the beans, and so I was worried this was like you would come home from <laughs> right, college or something with a can of beans yeah. that you bought, you know, at the corner store. I was learning calculus and eating bean sandwiches. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I All I right. was I was a kid at this point. Sure. Okay. 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 Wonderful. Got it. So mm-hmm. next up, uh, we have, I'll just read the quote. Sure. I used to eat top ramen without cooking it. Mm-hmm. Just plain. Yeah. Now, did, when you say plain, no seasoning packet was involved no, here? No, the seasoning was a little bit over the top, a little a little rich for my palate. <laughs> too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's over the top. There's too much flavor. Clarifying a lot. I, I will say this was also a, a, young, a young man sort of experience. I was pretty young mm-hmm. when I was eating this uh, to the point where uh, my father, when, when he asked me if I would like to eat top ramen, he would not say, would you like to eat top ramen? He said, do you want some 
worms and i would say <laughs> no! yes i would like some worms that's cute actually i'm yeah. coming around on this one now yeah yeah, well, yeah. A, a fun thing about the dry ramen is mm-hmm. uh, uh i don't know if any of you know anything about through hiking i don't uh, or the appalachian trail or anything so through hiking is you just go on a really long hike so mm-hmm. the appalachian trail which is an extremely mm-hmm. long mountain range in the united states uh is a common thing that people through hike yeah uh, so they'll start down in i don't even georgia or something and it goes all the way up to like new hampshire or vermont or whatever i don't know uh i had a friend who did who had done this and one of their favorite trail snacks was just the dry ramen because when you're on the trail i don't waste time setting up the stove getting the water boiling doing the whole Mm -hmm. thing you just break out that break out that hard brick and just start chomping Uh, so I really think, uh, you know, Chase, if, if you haven't thought about it before, maybe you should think about backpacking. Maybe you should think about through hiking. Yeah, that I, I've heard that from a lot of hikers that like the best approach to backpacking is to start with what you can eat on yeah. on the trail rather than like any sort of like physical prowess or, or interest no, no, in hiking no. is like, would you be able to eat the trash food that uh, comes with hiking? <laughs> right. So I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. Go out, break onto the Appalachian Trail and eat some worms if you know what I mean. God, some worm. <laughs> the fact that they were hard mm-hmm. and also called worms dried worms does it yeah right it's i feel like dried worms is the appropriate nickname i, for I did not have time for that i no, I, fair I needed to know very quickly what my lunch <laughs> options were and my dad was there to offer me worms so sure that is very efficient in in basically <laughs> every way yeah <laughs> yeah Wow. I do think, I mean, I, I do just want to check in with David every, every, for every one of these. Yeah, was there uh-huh. a time where Chase just broke out a dry ramen packet and you were not oh. expecting it or? Not, not when I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. It was usually at okay. lunch at school. And this was definitely a thing at our elementary schools. Like a lot of people would eat this, but they would usually put the, the seasoning on. Whoa. Chase, I think, is the only one who would eat it just, just crunchy. Pure. So this was like a regional thing. I guess. It was a strange thing that happened at our at our elementary school. <laughs> it could have been a Sacramento sort of deal, yeah. <laughs> Something in the water wow. up there just made us all eat dry ramen. <laughs> Those sickos that live in the valley. Oh my god. So third up, mm-hmm. we're we're in the middle of the list here, and this one was actually straight from David. Yeah. We found out that Chase used to quote chug tic tacs yeah. at yeah. lunch at yeah. school pack a day a pack a day <laughs> i was doing a pack a day <laughs> holy shit uh and and chase you actually said of this quote it was a cool trick i did it was a cool trick i did that was a very cool trick i would do um chase is just the joker at lunch you want to see a magic trick <laughs> Oh you want to know how I got this breath? <laughs> I mean, you must have been really yes. fucking minty fresh at the end of that. I, I, I didn't even know what bad breath was in sixth grade. <laughs> I forgot about it entirely. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know where this one came from. I think I just had Tic Tacs and like I sort of got into like an escalation war with myself about how many I could eat mm. at lunch. Yeah. And they're not particularly expensive little treats. You know, yeah. so you can potentially. The fact buy that you're calling them treats, like I feel like people don't usually eat Tic Tacs <laughs> as like a snack. I'm a big mint guy. I really sure. like mints as candy. Okay. Okay. And that had that. Mm-hmm. That's not a kid thing. I'm still chomping mints. Yeah. So I feel like I, I think yeah. I also had like a Tic Tac kid. Like, yeah. There was a kid who would just eat a whole thing of Tic Tacs. <laughs> I, I can't remember anything about them, but I, they definitely <laughs> existed. Like, I feel like this is kind of a universal experience, maybe. Yeah. Not a Sacramento thing in this case. Not just a Sacramento no, thing. Yeah. yeah I'm the, it spread all the way to the opposite coast, uh, uh, all the way over here in New Jersey. But Chase may have started it. Chase may have started it. Trendsetter. As a matter of fact. 
trendsetter. <laughs> Mr. Trendsetter. Before there were TikTokers. There, there were, were TikTokers. TikTokers. Ooh. 90s version of TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in my <laughs> Only 90 kids remember. Kids these days just won't get off their <laughs> packs of TikToks. <laughs> Tonight at 9, is your child chugging a pack a day, destroying your father's finances? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Wonderful. So now we're, we're really getting into the shit. Yeah. These are the um, real crimes, I would say. <laughs> because number two is, Chase, you claim, when I was a teenager, I would mm-hmm. eat two foot long subs from mm-hmm. Subway. Yeah. Two feet of sandwich. It gets weirder. Um, yeah. The only thing on those sandwiches were turkey, mayo, and extra mustard. Yeah. Extra there, mustard was important. I don't want that sandwich to be dry in any that's location. A sandwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just some wet sort turkey. Sort of a, a, a bean sandwich, if you will. Sort of a wet, <laughs> wet experience. elevated bean that sandwich. That is, yeah, we're uncovering kind of a trend here of, yeah. of wet sandwiches, dry noodles. <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, David did make the note earlier, Chase, that yeah. you didn't like the turkey at Thanksgiving, but no. now we're eating mm-hmm. we're eating 24 full inches of turkey. <laughs> where where, where did the yeah. switch happen, do you think? So uh, this may be more, this may be introducing more questions, but even when I was oh. a kid, I was into sliced turkey. It was just okay. the hot carved version that was. There's definitely a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it, it wasn't into that. Thanksgiving turkey, seemed a little bit too wild for my taste, but the, <laughs> the sliced version, very, very appropriate for me. And then when, yeah. of course, I discovered that Subway was in fact good uh, and I was hungry, I would get to two full feet. Got to satisfy that hunger. Mm-hmm. It's only $10. You know, know, okay. I uh, there (laughs) there was a problem for me at the time because I was a big proponent of Subway sandwiches should be weighed rather than uh, (laughs) you should just be charged whatever, right? Okay, (laughs) because a plain turkey sandwich was not on their five dollar foot long menu. It had to be one of those real done up sandwiches that had you know toppings, but just turkey mayo mustard. That's like a seven dollar sandwich. So I was walking away with like a fourteen to fifteen dollar endeavor. Oh my god! Just for a pile of turkey, a pile of bread, and a lot of mustard. Whoa! (laughs) Wow! I actually just learned about uh, this week. uh, I think it's called Pizza Altolio. I think Mm. something like that, and they charge you per kilogram. Ooh. Of pizza? Yeah. I want three kilograms of pizza and they will cut you three kilo like with scissors, they will wow. cut you three kg worth of, of pizza. It's an Italian it's like, thing. I don't know. Huh. It sounds like ordering fabric. Like fabric yes. is by the yard. <laughs> no, and yeah, exactly. Cut you. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm gonna think about that forever. Um <laughs> Just a whole bolts of pizza. Yeah. I, I have ho- follow up questions about yeah. the, uh-huh. the sandwiches. <laughs> what bread? And was it toasted? Oh. Had to be sourdough. Um, sourdough oh, or nothing. Yeah. Okay. I think that sourdough may be a West Coast bread only, so I'm not sure if that has made its say, way over to Jersey or not. I don't oh. know. Growing up in Florida, I don't think there was Yeah, yeah I feel like we had the Italian Parmesan or whatever, the mm-hmm. white, a wheat, mm-hmm. maybe a fourth one. But I don't think it was sourdough. No, I don't. Mm. I don't know what was going on. But we were we were big into sourdough, so the bread was real chewy. Um, sure. So yeah. it was mm-hmm. it was a sourdough. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what was your follow up question on the other part? Oh, was it toasted? No, no toast, please. That's a lot. That sort of changes the texture of the soup in inside the sandwich. So, <laughs> right, um, mustard soup. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I really I don't I don't need my mustard to be warmed. Yeah, and there was no uh, cheese on it, so it's not like it needed to be melted or anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think just in the spirit of fairness, David, uh, you're going to Subway. 
Chase is getting two feet of, of <laughs> getting yard of Subway. <laughs> yeah, what do you, what do you what are you getting? What's my order at Subway? I'd usually yeah. get a, a meatball meatball sub. Oh, nice! That nice. was my jam. Yeah. A true five dollar foot long. Mm-hmm. A true five dollar foot yeah. long. Yes, that was that was always my thing at Subway. They're so hot. Their their meatball <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs> I've tried like temperature wise or spice. Uh, just heat wise. I feel like those things come out and I'm like, I really want to eat the meatballs right now, but they're just so hot. I can't do it. Mm. Got to cool that down with some mustard. Mm. It's part of the fun. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) You never know when it's going to be too hot. It's a challenge. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Can you handle the meatball? (laughs) Consider the meatball. This isn't interesting because I was expecting this to be the number one food crime, which only leaves one other option. So, yeah, yeah so I was torn. So I mm-hmm. asked AJ to to yeah. assist me in choosing mm-hmm. the top one. Yeah, I think um, this one is unconscionable. <laughs> I think this is unforgivable. It's the thing. It's not that it itself is a problem. It's mm-hmm. like the ancillary details. So the, yeah. the number one food crime is that Chase used to make a breakfast of just one hard-boiled egg from Starbucks, I believe? From Starbucks, yeah. They, they were serving Starbucks. just a single egg for a little while there. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> the thing that that put me over, put this over the edge for me, mm-hmm. is um, the detail that you would eat it in one bite. Yeah. And an egg, <laughs> like, it's not impossible to no. eat and hard-boiled egg in one bite, but it is a challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a fun little <laughs> treat for me. <laughs> the challenge? Yeah, the challenge the to challenge. see how my day was going to go. It's sort of like the mood rings you would put on to see, like, can I eat the whole egg today? If I could, day's going to be good. If I couldn't, then, you know, maybe there's some challenges coming around the road. So oh, proto was... bones or no bones. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Whole egg or no egg or half egg. Uh, and I just need, I need to know, yeah. Chase, you said you were a fan of, of the hard-boiled egg quote for a while. Was yeah. this like an everyday occurrence for an extended period of time? There was, was like- when I was going to community college, this was, uh, a, a, a treat of mine and I just really did not have a lot of time to be making breakfast. I would stack sure. up my classes on Tuesday and Thursday. Those are the only days I had classes on. So I was there all day, but mm-hmm. I also like needed to wake up very early. And so I'd stop by Starbucks, get my, uh, hearty breakfast of egg. And, mm-hmm. uh, so wait, what was the, what was the original question? I just started talking and didn't have an answer. <laughs> Uh, you said you did it for a while. Was it yes. an everyday thing? It yeah. was, it was a Tuesday, Thursday kind of thing. Cause that's when ah, I was going to school. Got it. Um, the, I, there, this may also paint this as definitely the, the worst thing. I didn't get coffee. I wasn't drinking coffee. That was, I was going to it was <laughs> yeah. just the egg. It was just, just the egg. Just wow. the egg. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jeez, um, I hate to. <laughs> sorry, can you say your thing? I it's was like just going to ask. No seasoning. The reporters like screaming, sir, sir, please. <laughs> Mr. Allhart, Mr. Allhart. Um, no seasoning, no salt, no. Don't need it. Yeah, it's it's delicious. I'm a big fan of the flavor of an egg, to be honest. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I, I also actually, love an egg. I actually am not a huge fan of I think it's. It's a flavor and texture thing. I like eggs, sure. but it's like in circumstances, mm. not just mm. egg. Mm-hmm. Not just egg. David, did you ever witness this? I did not. This was a time mm. when Chase and I were not living in the same city uh, mm. when he was going to community college. Uh, but my, my question for you, Chase, is yeah. uh, what do you think the baristas thought of this? <laughs> like, was there, uh, one, was there one poor barista who was always scheduled at this time? It's just like, oh, here's the, the egg weird barista. egg guy again. He's just going to order one <laughs> egg and leave. the egg guy. No coffee. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I, I think so. I think by this point I had grown up enough to know that like this was not normal behavior. Um, I, I was talking to you guys yesterday that un- unfortunately uh, the, the subway person knew me. Um, and I always mm. thought that because she was smirking that like maybe there was some some connection between the two of us. Um, but of course she was smirking because it's it's Turkey Man who's arrived at her <laughs> store about to, to order two whole feet of Subway. Um, right. But <clears throat> I, I think that there were definitely some people who were working at Starbucks at the time who would, you know, see me and understand my my egg based uh, experience <laughs> that I was about to endeavor in. But they had the mm-hmm. egg ready for you. <laughs> Here, sir. Here's your one. Your egg. Um, yeah. You just drive by at full speed, and they would just like, <laughs> just hurl an egg in my window. Yeah. <laughs> I drive by mouth open, just like, come on, you guys. <laughs> just keep my card on file. Just charge me. It's fine. <laughs> Add it to the egg tab. I'll be back on Friday to pay for it. Oh my god. Um and now I, I just tried to Google the packaging for mm-hmm. this single egg. Was it like a sealed like plastic bag was, of, yeah. of single yeah. incredible? Um my real question that I wanted to 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 ask. Yeah. Why not just buy a dozen eggs and hard boil them yourself? <laughs> this is a very good question. A very good question. And one that I learned the answer to that like I could just hard boil twelve eggs at once. Yeah. And like that's that's a fair thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I think the best answer to that is that I was kind of dumb. And like didn't sure. think that far ahead and was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to get my special little morning treat egg as right. like a way to, you know, treat yourself. Again, I was at the time I was working a part time job at Chevy. So like the the amount of treats that I was able to get for myself was pretty slim. And so mm. the the morning egg was was one of the the things that I was I was looking forward to. Yeah. And I mean, you were early college age. So, yeah. you know, see if I'm just speaking for myself, a fucking idiot. Um, yeah. 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 So. No, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I, I feel I feel good about the, the construction of this list. David, what do you think? What do you think? Being witness to some of these crimes, do you think this is a, a proper ranking? I mean, I'd say this is fair. I don't know if this is all the crimes uh, that have ever been committed. There are yeah. some there are some other is deep anything, things in there. I mean, the, the SpaghettiO contingency needs to be uh, needs to have their time in the, in the sun. Did you say SpaghettiO? Uh, so there are there are other things to, to be to be discussed. But for these <laughs> five, I'd say this is a fair a fair a ranking for them all. We're going to have to have you on again <laughs> so, just to talk about the food crimes. <laughs> do, I, it, David, do you remember Sprite Mountain? Do you remember anything about that? Sprite Mountain. Was it a big pile of Sprite cans? Yes, it was. I'm yeah. just, I was just trying to make sure that wasn't something I dreamt. No, this is, I don't know if you just incepted it into my mind, but you, you unearthed <laughs> something. You unlocked a memory w- within me when you said Sprite Mountain, and there was one, only one option of what it could be, which was a giant <laughs> pile of Sprite cans. Yeah, uh, stacked up like a pyramid. <laughs> stacked, stacked up like a pyramid. God. <laughs> we'll save that, that one for wow. next episode, though. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think, I think maybe, because I think we could get, we're already just about a half hour deep, and I think we yeah. could probably... <laughs> Uh, this is going to take over the whole episode. We could probably go on forever. Yeah. So I think maybe it is time now to move on to a video game. Sure. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I was a big fan of Resident Evil 7. Mm. I was not super into the original Resident Evils. I didn't have a PlayStation growing up. I was a Sega Genesis kid. Yeah. And then I was an N64 kid. I didn't get my first PlayStation until my now brother-in-law got his PS4 and didn't want his PS3 anymore and said, hey, do you want this? I said, yeah, sure. Um, so I was really late to the party, uh, more or less. Um, 
And then Resident Evil never really grabbed me as a series until Biohazard, because it looked completely different from any other mm-hmm. Resident Evil that I, I had encountered mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, so I played it, loved it. And then when uh, Village came out, Resident Evil 8, Village, because uh, that's how they stylized the title for some reason. Um, I, I was I was extremely into it and then didn't buy it because I didn't have the money for it. So a friend bought it for me for my birthday last year. And then I finally played it this past week. Uh, and I liked the game. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I, I, I had a good time with it. it. Took me ten and a half hours to beat. Love yeah. a short game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And recently on Potimism, Chase, you have just played every Resident Evil, correct? Almost me all of them. Almost yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where does eight stack up for you in this in this series? I guess really high, if not probably the best of them. I I heard Chris Plant say that either I don't know where but somewhere he was like I think Resident Evil 8 is like the best of the Resident Evils and I was like is that true there's no way that that's like that seems hyperbolic but I think he's totally right like Mm. I played the remake of one the remake of two and three Um, I sort of dipped into the originals for two and three just to kind of see like what was going on there and how they compare Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. played through four didn't play through five because it's a nightmare and then played through some of six that's that was sort of the arc and like there's there's so many things with Resident Evil, but uh, like, mm-hmm. I think something that I really appreciate about these games is that they're most of them are incredibly tonally consistent with one another that like the first third of the game is just sort of a spooky little jaunt through a place that is like mm-hmm. terrifying and scary and you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. Uh, and then towards the middle, you're feeling a little bit stronger. And then towards the end of the game, it turns into this like metallic, like twisted science sort of uh, yes. horror game. Yeah. which um, I enjoy all of those. I think they are all on this sliding scale of like action versus like this more like puzzle box style of game. Mm-hmm. Um, like the remake of one and uh, the original two and threes were like this, where you'll wander through this like maze, essentially this map of like locked doors and puzzles mm-hmm. and uh, just all sorts of like stuff that's, it, it ends up feeling like this like knotted thing that you're untying by just like wandering through the game, which mm-hmm. is really fun. Like I, I really like that approach to the game. Whereas like something like four or six is more just like, you're wandering down a hallway with zombies in it. And like, there's some like backtracking and like puzzle solving, but for the most part, it's like, it's, it's more focused on the action of the game. Yeah. And like four did it in a way. I think it was mostly just like a watershed moment for like, Hey, we're doing third person shooter games now. And that's like a very big deal and something that's new and, and refreshing six sort of like jumped the shark. And I was, I was talking about this on Podtimism, but like, I don't blame them for wanting to go towards the action side of this series. Um, because like four was very focused on action and a lot of people mm-hmm. said like this is their favorite one right like yeah four was either yeah. their introduction to the series or if they had played it for a while they were really into it and so i don't I, i'm not surprised that they did that but six really was like this doesn't feel like the same game anymore and not necessarily in a bad way it's not a terrible game it just like it didn't hold the same sort of dna and so mm. like seven very much like reinvented itself and i think eight is the extension of that where they said hey we did some cool stuff in seven and we would like to apply that, but bring it into the the uh, the Resident Evil sort of like DNA. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, the the first area really reminds me of Resident Evil 4, right? Where like there's all the like lichens and werewolves that are chasing you. You're in a village. You. Yeah, literally. you're literally in a village. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not to mention all the uh, places that you end up going start to feel like these references to either other resident evil games or other horror games Mm. like the the first like castle area with the like vampire women 
yeah. feels very uh like previous resident evil games with like this gothic castle that you're like wandering through mm. um the second area is horrifying and yes. feels very much like pt or like amnesia or something like that where mm-hmm. your weapons are stripped away and you're mostly just trying to not get killed by this like horrifying Baby. creature that is chasing you around yeah the third area very much reminds me of resident evil 4 with like this kind of just like icky gross nasty fish stuff <laughs> that you have to like <laughs> fight and mm-hmm. then uh the fourth one just kind of feels like a lot of other resident evil endings where it's like this industrial um yeah sort of area so I, I i really like this game i think it is a very good representation of the series and like what makes every one of those games special just mm-hmm. done to the nth degree mm-hmm. and also for that reason like i'm so interested in what they do next because i have no idea where you go from here yeah i'm really curious have you have you touched the dlc at all because the dlc just came out i think i know so i played through the game again just when you had mentioned like hey i might talk about this and so i like played through the whole thing got through it real quick um but didn't really work on the dlc because like i had heard from a lot of people that it wasn't really like up to the standards that they were hoping for interesting that it was kind of just like a rehash of what was going on in the original Mm. so i don't know i I don't know if that's like what they're gonna do in the future or if it was just like let's experiment with this thing you know yeah i think uh uh, coming into eight with seven being the only other one i had played Mm -hmm. i still feel like i picked up on a lot of the stuff you're talking about of it referencing previous resident evils but i mean the the thing that really stood out to me more so was was it's utilization of different genres of horror yeah um which it sounds like is basically what the resident evil games have been doing um but like the whole first area you're in the castle it's vampires you're doing the vampire thing it's very gothic it's very you know vampire that whole thing the second area is like you said amnesia they strip everything away from you that's just a straight up horror game yeah uh the third area is is an action game and then the fourth area is just the fourth area is interesting uh because i think the fourth area is a little long-winded it does go Uh, on for a while yeah it goes on for a while it asks you to do a lot of backtracking that you don't necessarily have to do but Mm -hmm. if you want like the full experience quote unquote um you're you're traveling up and down the elevator a bit and traveling through hallways that you've already walked through but now there's a bunch of big guys in them (laughs) Which is uh, struck me as a very Resident Evil thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also just very like Frankenstein fiction. You know, it's it's yeah. literally a guy creating these mashups of, of creatures in order to make like the strongest being or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then where the game ends up just being like, yeah, it's just you and this lady and you just have to shoot her until she <laughs> is done. Like yeah. there's no like strategy or or horror or anything in that. It is just like it's it's basically the exact same arc that Seven followed where at the end you are just holding down the shoot button yeah. and pointing it at the big scary monster. Um that is at this point like like you said jumped the shark uh, and has just basically become this like absurd, like what is the mm-hmm. biggest, wildest thing we could do with this thing that used to be a person? Um, yeah. And then you just let you shoot it a whole bunch, which I liked, which I enjoyed. It's very consistent with the endings of the other games, too. They're almost yeah. all of them are like, here's a big, scary guy that you have to mm-hmm. fight now, mm-hmm. which, yeah, like I could I could take it or leave it. Like it's I, I wouldn't call that like a bad part of the game. It does feel very ridiculous. Yes. Um, and uh, like something that I actually do like about that approach is that the Resident Evil games do this really cool magic trick where once you are once you have finished, they'll usually give you like a rank or something mm-hmm. like that of like, here's how fast yes. you did it. Here's how many saves you used or whatever. And like 
it's really cool to have this kind of smooth transition from a very scary beginning of the game, which like, you know, no qualms with that. At the end, it's totally ridiculous and over the top. And immediately after after it's done, it's like, hey, do you want to try for a better score or something like mm-hmm. that? And uh, having the, the tone be so over the top and like gamey, for lack of a better word, like it allows you to go back and play through the game again just viewing it as like a mechanical experience rather than like a horror experience which yeah um some of those games do really well right like i think i i just played three the remake and that one's really fun it's really short and so you can feasibly beat it in like two hours or something like that so Mm. once you finish it you can just immediately go back through and play it i think four did the same thing where Mm -hmm. like I, i just remember playing that game a lot like over and over and over again to get like a better time or a better score or not save or something like that so you can (laughs) unlock cooler stuff yeah i think Um, one of the achievements in or one of the challenges that you can get points for in eight is like beat the game in three hours or something it's like something crazy like that it seems ridiculous like it seems ridiculous but like thinking about it it's like if i only do the stuff i have to do and i know exactly where i need to go i can avoid a lot of like shooting and stuff by just running past things because i know where my final destination is and then i just have to make it to the end where i just hold the shoot button down and not die like it definitely seems doable and it's really i i I think it is kind of a magic trick that these these games pull where Mm -hmm. like you said the end of the game is so ridiculous and over the top that they just carry that momentum Mm -hmm. back around to the beginning yeah and you know uh, the nature of horror in general is there's there is horror to be found in in the unknown right Mm -hmm. so if you know everything the game is no longer scary it is just like it just exists and you now exist in it with a gun that has unlimited ammo or an actual lightsaber that you can or an actual lightsaber saber yeah um which which i think I, I think is awesome i think it's a it's a it's a great it's a great feature yeah kim uh if you have enough uh, i don't even remember what the the uh, achievement is but if you have enough points uh or, or whatever you just get a lightsaber you can just buy a wow. lightsaber mm-hmm. yeah i think it's like a like a darth maul lightsaber too right it's like it's double, got it is a double ooh, it's double a double sided lightsaber yeah. <laughs> rad bonkers yeah David, I mean, you said you've played the the previous games, some previous games in the series. Is this Uh are you feeling kind of like on the same page with all this stuff? Like, do you feel this way about the the earlier games as well? Uh, I I do. Uh, Definitely. Resident Evil 4 was the one I played the most uh, growing up. And I've played a little bit of seven, played a little bit of five, but that one was not good. So I kind of stopped playing that one pretty quick. Um, Or at least I didn't care for it at the very least. So. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting process with these games uh the the time trial stuff has never been it for me personally Uh, i know that's something that chase personally loves of just seeing can i can i just dominate this game right now yeah um but for me it's that i'm there really there for the survival horror aspect of and once i'm done with that and i'm just totally kind of out with it because like you said once you like the horror is what's the unknown right more than anything else and once you know what's there Mm -hmm. it's not as scary but yeah, it's it's it is an interesting series in that it does have this formula that kind of goes through all of them where it's scary, then kind of gets progressively more actiony by the end, which is mm-hmm. kind of cathartic in a way, I think, as you know, yeah. starting to give you power as the as the, mm-hmm. the player, you know, when you first start, it's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't even know how to control the game. Right. Especially in the first ones mm-hmm. with the tank controls, like it's disorienting mm-hmm. and it's trying to purposely be that way. Whereas by the end, it's, you know, you feel you feel empowered, like you have agency, mm-hmm. which I think is part of what makes those games fun for some folks is that you know you feel like you are yeah improving getting better right and can actually fight these things that are that scared you in the beginning i definitely i i 
totally feel that, you know, saying that by the end of the game, you have agency. I 100% feel that because I, when I started playing this game uh, last week, I, I started it and I was like, oh, man, I actually don't know if I have this in me. Like, I don't know if I was just in the mood for like a spooky time when I was playing seven and I was like having fun. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be fun, like a fun <laughs> scary or if this is just going to be too scary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, the the longer I played it and the more of a grasp I got on the mechanics and what is actually going on, 100 percent, I felt like, oh, well, this is like my world. You're just being a zombie in it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I have I have power over you now. Uh, Yeah, that's that's definitely, I think, one of the great things about scary games in general is it gives you that like lets you face your fears in kind of a safe environment. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I I, I had a great time with this game. I really loved it. I really loved seven and I, and I really love this one as well. I think seven is still above this one for me. I really enjoyed the absurdity of seven. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it gets pretty wild, like out of nowhere, basically. <laughs> Um, and I will say I really enjoyed both of these games do a similar thing where like the fourth act twist or whatever is like now you're playing as someone else. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that more in seven than I did in eight. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just felt like it was m- more cathartic, I think, in, in seven because it was used more as like a, a storytelling device, whereas the end of eight, you know, you have to do a thing in order to play as a different person. And then yeah. somebody just spouts a bunch of facts at you and it's like here is what the actual deal is instead yeah. of you kind of figuring it out on your own by playing this you know like prequel p- portion quote unquote uh of, of the game but uh, it's it's not the whole story of eight but i think a lot of the story of eight suffers from the same thing or the like that trope of if these people were just honest with each other the story would be different <laughs> yes like yes. not emotionally honest just literally what is going on here right um yeah there's so many times where it's where, where ethan the protagonist is like what's happening and the yeah. other person is like get out of here it's yeah like, that is not an answer <laughs> if you just answered i think you would be like oh okay yeah well, can i help and then maybe he'd say no but like yeah it would at least be give the, them like, the choice you know yeah like the, the the game frames this person as like one of the antagonists for a lot of the game then it's like yes they do like a bro handshake at some point and then it's all yeah. fine yeah it's that's wild it's very bizarre <laughs> not yeah. bad because like the game no. is cheesy inherently 100 percent but it, it fits within the whole sort of like arc, I guess. It's just a bizarre storytelling device. Yeah, I had said in our in our group message that this game goes full Evil Dead toward the end mm-hmm. um, in levels of absurdity. And then looking at it in retrospect, like Ethan, the, the protagonist, the person you're playing as, is extremely Ash Williams, where the entire time something crazy happens and he's just like... I hope my arm's okay. Like he won't address <laughs> yeah. the wild thing that just happened. He's just like, oh man, I need to tie my shoe or something. It's just like, he always focuses on the most mundane part of, of the wild thing he had just witnessed. It's just like, it's so good. After the um, first boss, after you're like <laughs> grappling with this like dragon yes. monster, yeah. you fall through a clock tower to the bottom and she's like, you get up, she dies in like this horrible manner. <laughs> And Ethan stands up and is like, you're the one who's cursed. And then like walks away. <laughs> like, what sort of response is that, dude? Yeah, it's 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 wild. Ethan Winters is a great protagonist. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I uh, would recommend this game. I don't have much else to say about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
we could probably move on now uh, from a game and series that has well paced and reasonably timed length uh, uh, games to a franchise that has games that are way too long and then ask you to play it two more, three more times uh, (laughs) to get the whole story. We're going to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes now. Mm hmm. What did we think of that segue, Kim? Would you think that segue was good? Oh, yeah, it was really great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to to kick off this conversation, we, you know, we had Chase on what was, I guess, the first episode yeah. of Synchronous yeah. video game Zeitgeist show to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And um, at the time, we were all really hot on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still am. I still enjoyed of what I've played, like the story. Uh, I think I'm on like chapter nine, which I understand is like right before shit really hits the fan. Mm-hmm. But um, I fell off of it for a while. And then I tried to pick it back up this week and realized why I had fallen off, which was just that it's so much game that it started <laughs> overwhelming me. everything you do there's like you know all the battles and then you're constantly getting activity points and taking your like fellow war children out on dates and like uh, excursions or whatever expeditions they're dates it's a date yeah they're dates (laughs) and you can get an a in dating and i (laughs) want the a so i was devoting a lot of energy into that and at some point it was just like this is too much and then i tried to i was like what if i just like mainlined it and just like kind of skipped the side content which i tried to do and then another game ended up taking out my my energy this week Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but yeah i you know i i want to finish it at some point because i really was loving the story for all the reasons that we talked about previously in terms of it just like getting way more into the the politics side of of the story of three mm-hmm. houses and um you know giving us this fun like what if scenario so yeah i would like to see that through i've heard mixed things about the ending so i'm not like holding my breath but um mm. how how far did you guys end up getting you finished it right chase i did i beat the golden deer route i didn't play the rest of them mm-hmm. yeah i think i'm only on like chapter six or seven something like that so i'm still pretty early on what did you think chase finishing up the i i mixed um like i Mm -hmm. am not opposed to real mechanical mechanically dense games Mm. if they do like a good job of tutorializing it which like to me Mm -hmm. it felt like they did i didn't really feel overwhelmed but i also did not have the drive like to get a's on all the dates and stuff Mm -hmm. i think i stopped doing those at a certain point because i was like (laughs) Yeah. Um, Chase is also a famous support skipper. <laughs> yes, yes. Another game crime. Um, <laughs> so I, I stopped really doing those. I did watch the supports and those I, like like you were saying, I think the consistency of the writing is is throughout like it's it's pretty well done. Like most of the time, the people who worked on this definitely understood what was cool about three houses and like yeah. you know, how to write those characters in a way that felt earnest to, to the, the, the original writings. Like it didn't feel like they're like, and now this guy has like space boots and he can jump really high and that's his <laughs> new thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it, it felt consistent. The ending was, it goes so wildly anime towards the end of oh. like, just stuff goes so haywire and crazy and like sort of ditches a lot of the stuff that I was really into um, like up to like chapter like 14 or so things are still like, you know, getting all like political and stuff like that. You know, Claude has to do a lot of pretty wild stuff in his story uh, in, in Golden Deer. And I really liked 
what it was doing. I think that in Three Houses, the Golden Deer are very much presented as like almost the blameless house. Like mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we're all cool. And some of us are hot and nobody has <laughs> any problems because we're all pretty cool. Yeah. And so like it was nice to see a version of Claude where he is trying to be a little bit more of a shrewd politician mm-hmm. because like, I think that's still within his character. He just like opted to do it a different way in three houses. Whereas this one, he feels very like I have to do it this way because this is the way that's going to like get things done the best. Mm. And so I appreciated that characterization of him and kind of the way that that story went. But at the same time, it felt like at the, when they got to the 14th or 15th chapter, it was like, okay, now I'm all better. Cause I had a cool conversation. And now we got to go fight the anime <laughs> villain. Sure. Um, ah. and like, <laughs> It's just very weird. That sounds and, familiar, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 Honestly, it's it's in keeping with the other, you know, with three houses. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't say this is a bad game. And like, uh, I, I wouldn't say it ends poorly, but with what they were setting up, I was expecting like a very mm-hmm. complicated uh, and satisfying political ending rather than like, here's the God that you have to fight now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds um, like the just a much stronger start than end. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I think three houses like is, is more consistent in that way. And like almost has the inverse or in the beginning, it's pretty simple. And over the course of the game, it's like, Oh, there's a lot going on here where mm-hmm. uh, this game is like hitting you with political drama almost immediately, <laughs> which is very enticing for someone who liked that in the other game. But yeah, it, it just kind of like eventually stops being quite as interested in that. And is like, I think we need to end this video game now. Mm. Um, <laughs> Mm. And then you get like a cool letter at the end of it. And that's kind of like the end of the game, like a letter grade or like a, a like somebody parcel. writes, writes you a letter and like cool. that's, that's sort of the end. <laughs> you also don't get to like marry anybody as far as I know. Yeah, I saw that there's no like like paired endings or anything. Nah, that's yeah, that's a bummer. What am I doing all this dating for? I know. Yeah, everybody <laughs> should kiss. Is, yeah, <laughs> That's what I would like. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I'm only on chapter six or seven, but I just did uh, or I just got like a, a scene of Claude talking with Judith about the Bridge of Murden and how he had a plan to do whatever and it didn't go the way he thought it would go, which is kind of inklings of what I've heard you, Chase, say about kind of where the Golden Deer route goes mm-hmm. of Claude kind of realizing he isn't really a, as in control of stuff as he is. But it is a bummer because like I, I, I picked this game up when it came out in June something like that uh and then picked it back up again this week just to play it a bit before the before the episode and I mean talk about mechanically dense I picked it up I went into a battle I was like I do not remember what (laughs) any of these buttons do uh (laughs) but I figured it out uh but like I something that I immediately like fell back into was like oh man I love the writing in this game Mm -hmm. like I think the Mm -hmm. the characters talk like people and they act like humans in situations would act um and I'm really really into that like even Hubert who in three houses is like just a villain who like <laughs> likes to kill people and do stuff like is kind of pragmatic in three hopes which is a wild thing that we never ever see until like maybe his final scene with ferdinand in three houses you know talking about stuff like or or at the end of the golden deer route in three houses uh when he you realize mm-hmm. that he has left a letter of like just in case we lose here's what we need to do it, it's just just very interesting uh and very good like it's a breath of fresh air i think uh, in terms of writing not to say the writing in three houses is bad but it's it's like kind of hit and miss, but every 
time I got a scene or, you know, a support scene, I was like, man, this is like great. I love this. This is this is wonderful. So kind of to hear that it goes to the anime route at the end, um, not to say that there's anything bad about going to the anime route, because I do love an anime ass ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Kim said, like I was really into the writing and stuff and the political things that were going on in this. They and were so like th- so well thought out. So well thought out. So to hear it ends with just like, oh, we're going to kill God again. Uh, it's just like oh okay i mean i get it but also fine like it is like inconsistent with where it felt like the game was gonna go i guess exactly the the biggest issue like i'm again i'm i'm also totally cool with an anime ending but like have an anime beginning too if if you're gonna do that (laughs) right yeah yeah don't don't rug pull me at the end where you're like hey just kidding it's god again (laughs) knock knock it's me god (laughs) time to fight when will he learn his lesson I sort of like am eternally grateful for three houses being this like watershed moment for the series mm. um, because obviously it got a bunch of people who were not into th- uh, uh, Fire Emblem into Fire Emblem and was doing a, a lot of stuff that was like really new and interesting. Um, but it, it's sort of a bummer because like I wish I could say like, oh, well, you know, three hopes wasn't it. But like you can go back and play, you mm. know, Fire Emblem on GBA and like, listen, you can. I like that game a lot, but it doesn't have the same level of writing or characterization that sure. these ones do you know it's a much more mechanical experience which is a shame because like like i said i i have enjoyed these games for a long time for their mechanical thing and so the the writing and the characters were this very cool little spice that they put on it in this game but it's yeah i i just i wish there was more i want more fire emblem please yeah yeah <laughs> Um, David, you've only played earlier games in, in the franchise, right? Yeah, I played I played Awakening. That was the one that I really played on the mm-hmm. was that the three DS? Or is it just the DS? So, yeah. Yes. Three DS? Yeah. Yeah, I've always I, I, I always will play these these types of games and I'll always kind of peter out maybe halfway through. They're they're usually too long for me i enjoy them yeah. but uh i get that it doesn't keep me it doesn't keep me going and you know just listen to y'all talk about this game uh, there's part of me that just wishes some of these longer rpgs would have and just an anime just for the story and the characters <laughs> just so i could watch that like this yeah. or like a persona yeah. 5 something like that where i just really enjoy the world and the people more than I actually enjoy like sitting down and and playing mm-hmm. the game that's just my preference mm-hmm personally of course but yeah i I think that's that'll be more my jam for these type of things (laughs) yeah are were you surprised like when when you started hearing people talk about like three houses and stuff having awakening been been the game you played were you surprised when people were like i love this character and their arc and stuff was that like because i've heard that the earlier games before three houses are just kind of like here is knight and knight likes (laughs) swords and that is like the whole yeah. thing that Knight goes through the whole game. I think Awakening was when they really first started trying to make it a little mm. bit more interesting, especially with, I think, the character of Lucina, who is this time traveling princess. Right. Um, mm. So I think that I think that's when they really started to make this more of a a story character experience. And I think it's really yeah. only improved from there, from what I've heard. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, when people get really into the nitty gritty of this is my character, this is the arc I like, and just having so many different mm. paths and and stories that they can tell within these games of, you know, having multiple uh, threads mm. that you can that you can choose. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it seems a little overwhelming sometimes just to hear people talk about it, but it seems also pretty yeah. interesting and fun. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an experience. I don't know whether I prefer having like compelling characters that like you get bits of story that are really good over a 90 hour game or really bland characters that you're really only playing the game for like the tactical portion of it and then 
then maybe some mm. of the conversations over 90 hours. I'm really not sure which I would prefer. And part of me, I mean, granted, I've only played three houses and three hopes. Part of me feels like I want less interesting characters if we're going to be spending 90 hours like throwing them at bad guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I uh, do not care about the tactics. I don't want to yeah. say at all. Yeah, but very much. <laughs> I just the characters, please, for me. Just a visual novel, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would be but fine if you took just the character moments and like put it into a visual novel. That's like maybe three hours, maybe. And it's a great three hours. And it's a mm-hmm. good three hours. Yeah, ride, I think. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> maybe someday. Maybe, maybe someday. someday. I'm um, I'm so interested to see if the next Fire Emblem is like learns any of the lessons from Three Hopes. I'm so curious. I have no idea if it will. I heard that like there was some something about like this game has been in development at the same time that like three hopes mm-hmm. was or three yes. houses. Um, and so I, I wonder if like they will carry any of that forward or if like, you know, it was like, quote unquote, too late to do that or whatever, because I, I would be shocked if they were like, OK, that was a cool game that sold like the best we've ever done. Let's yeah. go back to the stuff we were doing before. I think that's probably a good idea. Mm. But I, I don't know. I hope it's good. I mostly just want the people who are like obsessed with three houses to get more of that. Yeah. Like, please stay playing video games, everybody. They're very cool and, <laughs> and they're for everybody. Yeah. And so like, I want more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited for uh, Fire Emblem Engage, the next game. And mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm feeling a little more cautious the more we Ooh. see from it. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like, this is not the only reason, but probably one of the big reasons. The character designs are just um, rancid (laughs) to me. They are wild. I like no offense to anybody who who likes it. I just don't. Um, so we'll see. I'm yeah. uh, I'm gonna wait and see what people say about that game. Um, yeah. before I run out and buy it. But yeah. I'm really ready to be wrong about it. I would really love mm-hmm. for people to just say, "Look, this is a hard game to preview, and it's just as incredible in three houses as three houses." Yeah, yeah, because that's possible, right? Like, I don't think I would have known that three houses was as good as it was until I like really got in there. Like, a preview mm-hmm. of that game does not do it justice. Justice. Mm-hmm. It's like, totally. look at Claude putting his hand forward and saying, like, let's go fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I heard about it for years before actually yeah. picking it up. So right. we literally started a podcast in order to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep. And here we all are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Need a reason to play um, this game. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> li- honestly, David, <laughs> that, that is it the reason like this that. show exists. <laughs> yeah. Asynchronous origin story. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Jason, David, what have you guys been? Uh, what, have you, what have you? What have you been playing? Anything you want to talk about today on the show? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Dave, do you want to? Do you want to go first? I have been playing too much because I've been preoccupied with studying for this this big test that I have coming up. But the one thing I have been playing a lot recently is Chorus, which is a Chorus. yeah, it's a it's it's on Game Pass. It's on Xbox. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I I'm so interested in. This this is a game that I completely had no idea even existed mm-hmm. before just seeing on a random reddit thread hey if you liked uh crimson skies high road to revenge you should play chorus it's kind of kind of similar and it was a great recommendation from whoever <laughs> on reddit i don't know your username but thank you um thanks reddit. It's, it's a very interesting game it's it's about it's it's a space spaceship game space fighting dog fighting game uh and you are but it also has this element of like psionic telepathic powers as well so it's kind of like if you took 
Rogue Squadron and Control and mix them together. And it gives you this really interesting uh, combination of things you can do in this spaceship. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a joy to play so far. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I remember coming across this, I think it was on game pass. I saw like it was in the coming soon or whatever. And so I watched the trailer Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, this seems wild. I have no idea what the game part of this looks like. (laughs) Um, cause it's just like what I assume is like the opening cutscene or whatever, where you see the protagonist i guess uh who mm-hmm. is this kind of angry looking woman on the front of this uh picture that i'm looking she's at. got big time um, jack vibes from mass effect <gasps> big jack vibes yes. big jack vibes. Yeah. 100%. yes yeah. there it is mm-hmm. but yeah i was like i don't know what this game is but to, to hear this game described as as a as a dog fighter in the vein of rogue squadron and control is really compelling <laughs> it's it's pretty cool uh there's there's deep deep lore in this game too uh which is great if you if you give me like a a big old helping of lore on any game i am there for it i will get lost reading these tiny tiny text bubbles on my tv from across the room (laughs) and needing glasses uh but it's worth it for me (laughs) david you're you're like command over lore is so wild to me like your your recall is just absurd like you'll drop knowledge from something you learned like 20 years ago about a game that i don't even remember so like it's yeah. I, i'm glad that it's it's satisfying your lore your drive to consume it lore. was it was all started with history class back in high school like i just got oh in I, I, I thought i was into history but i'm just into lore really <laughs> <laughs> what is history if not human lore yeah. old secrets wow. <laughs> but this game this game is great the, the story oh, is God. interesting so far essentially this isn't a spoiler because it's right in the very beginning of the game but you are essentially a member of a cult and you're like the top fighter pilot in this cult that is aggressively trying to expand their influence over the rest of the of the galaxy the universe what have you wow. and then you are uh since you're this psionic telepath a crazy powerful person you end up destroying a whole planet you destroy a whole planet as this this woman does oh, hell yeah from her what? spaceship and she's just like a one woman death star it's it's intense um that's and a dream <laughs> that's that's the dream. <laughs> just blow up a planet from your spaceship <laughs> Holy shit. um but yeah and then she has this huge amount of remorse she's like she starts to become disillusioned with the prophet who is the leader of this cult and then she starts to go and live off the land uh, and essentially being a scavenger and using her special right. psionic powers to really find things that other people can't find. So she's like the best scavenger in this place. And the game does also something interesting uh, gameplay-wise in that it starts you off in a spaceship that you think is really cool at first. It works well, it flies good, it's pretty fast, but there is definitely parts when you're doing the dogfighting where you really have to finagle it to do what you want uh, to turn around quickly, to get behind people, to actually, you know, be effective. Uh, and then once you start getting used to doing that with this with this spaceship it starts you off with, it gives you the the new hotness. It gives you the, the, the Ferrari of spaceships, which is like your old spaceship that you hit on this planet. And you realize <laughs> you were just driving around a Toyota Camry the whole time. And once you start oh getting God. into this guy, uh, because it has it lets you drift as well. Oh, so now it starts wow. being this Whoa. this really interesting almost Mario Kart-esque drifting ability in this game, <laughs> but not in the vein of a racing game where you have, you know, yeah. four wheels, four points of contact on the ground and gravity affecting you because when you activate the drift in this one, your your accelerator, your like your vector that you're on when you activate the drift continues going, but then you just rotate the ship around. 
Oh my god! So That's so wild. It, it takes a while. It takes a while to get used to, and it's really confusing yeah. at first. But once you get the hang of it, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. David, you said you said drift vectors, and I think that unlocked a part of my brain. Um, and I'm watching some gameplay right now, and uh-huh. it just it seems really like active and frenetic and like really something that i'm super into i played a little bit of a uh, uh, elite dangerous uh which is a, mm-hmm. a space flight sim and there is like you can do kind of whatever you want in that game in terms of like if you have a spaceship anything you could do with a spaceship you can do in that game you can become a trader you can become a you know whatever um, but one mm-hmm. of the things you can do is become basically a, a pirate and you can just go around and start dog fights with people cool. um which is what i started doing and it was one of my favorite things in that game and and watching the gameplay and hearing you describe like the 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 vibes of of the dogfighting and stuff really seems super up my alley yeah i'm excited to see where this goes there's a lot of different abilities to unlock right now the, mm-hmm. the one i just unlocked is like a teleportation you can teleport your ship to certain places to get behind oh people God, that's so cool which is pretty Holy cool shit. it's certified so cool, cool. <laughs> and once you get this drifting ability in the spaceship you're finally able to uh play the game that they want you to play from the beginning right because you, you realize that this that toyota camry spaceship that they gave you was just a really nice way like training wheels to just get used to the basics mm-hmm. of controlling it oh. and then they give you this this like tokyo drift uh beast of a machine <laughs> and then you just start going around doing u-turns and it does the really nice thing where you if you uh go and you drift and you turn the opposite direction to go forward again it slows down and then just shoots you off real quick oh, oh my god, my god. Um, it's it feels it feels really good I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see where this goes and how it develops from here with different abilities. But so far, I'm way into this game. I'm really enjoying yeah. it so far. It sounds extremely cool from your description. I don't want to hype it up too much, but it's, I'm having a great time with it. <laughs> yeah. The, the ship is sentient too, right? Yes. It's an AI ship. Oh, so it's like Knight Got Rider. But, situation. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Forsaken and he goes by Forsa. Oh, man. oh my god <laughs> wait literally <laughs> which is yes literally which is pretty pretty cool that's hilarious i feel like most of me listening to you talk about this game is just in my head going it's fucking sick dude that's fucking that's <laughs> yeah. cool as shit man 100 <laughs> percent. it's it's cool in a very melodramatic kind of way yeah mm. and the main character uh nara she's interesting too but she also has this dual dialogue going on where she talks to people but then has this like her inner monologue you can hear her in her brain but when she's always talking to herself internally it always comes out like a whisper like this that's kind of creepy uh which is off-putting at first but uh (laughs) you get used to it after a while um which is probably yeah probably one of the parts of the game that takes the most getting used to honestly even with everything else going on especially if you're wearing headphones because then just feels like she's whispering Mm. your ear (laughs) (laughs) oh man when you said she talks to herself, I I was imagining kind of like a flea bag situation where she just yes. <laughs> turns to the camera. <laughs> that would be much more but, entertaining. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, when are we going to get flea bag the video game? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I'll, 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 I would play that video. Game. I would play the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just that's another thing that maybe someday. Maybe someday. One, one day. <laughs> Come on, Phoebe, make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now, now Kim, where do you stand on like space combat games 
Because I know I tried um, to get you to get into Elite Dangerous a little bit and you were immediately kind of off put, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I come to think of it. I'm trying to think of any game where I have had to control a spaceship mm. uh, aside from zooming the Normandy around the, the galaxy <laughs> map in Mass Effect, of course. Any game that I have actually managed to stick with. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know what it is. I just can't fly a spaceship, I think. Mm. Elite Dangerous, it was too complicated. Um, <laughs> Outer Wilds, too complicated. Mm. I'm not good at spaceships, unfortunately. Sure. But this sounds like the game, like as David was describing it, I was like, I would love to watch someone stream this because I don't mm. think I could play it, but I would love to watch somebody stream it. It sounds very fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. I think I still have a Game Pass subscription. I should know that. <laughs> it's $16, Kim. That's not nothing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, because I always think I should, I should cancel that. And then I never, I don't know if I ever do it. Mm. Look into that. Bill Gates is like, thanks for the 15 bucks. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm really adding to his bottom line, which doesn't feel good. I'm I'm gonna download this game today, David. I will be talking about this on next episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I I think please I will be as well. uh because I definitely went down the rabbit hole the first night that I got it. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a study yeah. break. I'll do it for like an hour or two, and then oh, it was yeah. maybe like four or five hours later, and I'm just no, zipping no. around. Yes. It was pretty good. It, it really hooked me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I feel like like space dogfighting games so rarely deliver in the way that I want them to. Yeah. I, I also tried to play Elite Dangerous and it was so complicated and I got so overwhelmed. Mm. I felt like I was actually trying to fly a spaceship and just could not do it. You are, Chase. It's the it's the sim <laughs> part of the sim game. It's so I just good. couldn't do it. Yeah. That's what I love so, so much, much about that game. But anyway. Yeah, this is not a sim. <laughs> no, it looks very arcadey, yeah. Which like I'm into. Definitely like the Rogue Squadron games, very into Star Fox, into uh uh like he said, Crimson Skies is like another flight sim that were or arcade flight game that like which is really good. I think the simpler the better, to be honest, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Microsoft Flight Sim stresses me out. I feel like I'm responsible for the plane. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, you are. Like, yeah. <laughs> good. Game. Great. I mean, Chase, what have uh, what have what have you been playing? Uh, I'm gonna give you a menu, and you can tell me which game you want me to talk about. Garcon, uh, <laughs> you can partake in either uh, a delicious course of Horizon Forbidden West. Or on this uh, episode of Synchronous, a video game zeitgeist show, I can talk about a game from 2000 that I really like. So either whichever one you want. Uh, I would love for you to talk about the game from 2000 because I still have to put more time into Forbidden West. <laughs> sure. Um, I have also been playing Mega Man Legends too. everyone. Um, oh. Sorry. Sorry for cursing your podcast to this now. But, uh, <laughs> this is a thing that I have been playing. Uh, this is a game that came out for PlayStation 1. It was the sequel to Mega Man Legends, of course. Uh, Everybody knows that. (laughs) And uh, I'm just like, I'm so into these these games. Um, I I feel like they do... Let me back up. It's a game where you play as Mega Man and uh, you are like a treasure hunter and you hang out with your best friend roll and a little robot monkey named data. And, uh, you're, you're trying to like find treasure. And in the first one and, and this one too, there's like this undercurrent and at times just regular current of the implication that the world is like much older and is like, you're sort of living in the post apocalypse at this point. Mm. Um, but the game is like so cheery and so bright that it really never dwells on that for too long. Um, but like the world is like an ocean for some reason. And like, there's little like blips of land and places where people live, but like, there's not that many people. Mm. Um, and like a lot of them are like maybe robots and, uh, there's like, 
a bunch of what they call reaver bots that live underground that like are crazed and you know don't don't work the way that the ones above ground do sure and so like there's all these implications sort of like breath of the wild or something like that where like what happened here y'all this is wild Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but because it has this like very chipper veneer over it it it, i don't know it's very comforting in a way that i really enjoy Mm. the actual gameplay of it is that you are in the second one Mega Man legends 2 you're looking for these like keys to unlock the mother load the biggest treasure and (laughs) uh you that's essentially like you know what the actual game objective is is like we're going to like just go look for these keys in different dungeons um and so you do that and like it's it's a third person uh i guess shooting because you're shooting like a mega man buster Mm -hmm. it's for anybody who has not played this and is like used to third person shooting it's gonna feel pretty bad like (laughs) it has like a z targeting system which is like from you know ocarina of time right right Uh, it doesn't always work super well uh, the way that you control like shifting is with the L1 and R1 buttons. So like if you're sitting here as Mega Man to to look right, you have to hit R1 so he like turns. Whoa. Oh, wow. um, the right analog stick doesn't do that. So you kind of have to get used <laughs> to like shifting in a different plane. Oh, no. Curse control scheme. It's uh, it's challenging to control. And like genuinely, I don't know if I could say like definitely check this one out because <laughs> I could see somebody picking this up and be like, that was terrible. I hate playing this. It feels bad. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I just I love this stuff and I'm already used to the control scheme. Not to mention uh, if you play it on the Steam Deck, then you can remap those controls to be something a little bit more appropriate. So that was my question. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than uh, playing or using the L1 and R1, you can just change it to the right analog stick. Map mm. L1 and R1 to the left and around the analog stick, and you're totally Gucci. So boom, bam. That's uh, it's a much better experience there. Um, so <laughs> yeah. anyway, I just I, I love these games. I think tonally they're right up my alley. They do a good job of offering you like upgrades that feel significant for a PlayStation One game, like mm. being able to do different stuff and like putting together like special weapons that like you have to go like find in these underground areas and like. You don't have to go get them. You can just not do that in the game. Like that all feels very satisfying and very cool. Mm. I, it, it feels similar to what I've heard, like, uh, the, into the Aether dudes talk about with Dragon Quest where like the game feels very comforting just to like exist in that world. And that feels Mm. very similar to me. Like the music is all very good. The environments are all very like bright and, and, uh, make me feel good to experience them. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're recording this on daylight savings time, the villain of my life. Uh, <laughs> and so like, it's about to get very dark again in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and so like whenever that rolls around, I'm just like, I think I'm going to pick up Mega Man legends and just like go live in this bright sunny area for a little while. Yeah. It is, visit it is my uh, friends. <laughs> the time has just hit six thirty here on the East coast and it is pitch black outside. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, it's an exciting times. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with the, the previous or any of the Mega Man games really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did watch the animes like the original. I watched mm-hmm. Mega Man X, I think was the other one, maybe battle network, but that's, that's the game. Was that also the name of the anime? I don't know. Who knows? There was a lot of them. There was like yeah. the one in the nineties that was just like a cartoon. I think of the like yeah. vanilla Mega Man. Yeah. I think they did make a Battle Network anime. Yeah. Um. But I'm looking here at some of the character designs um, mm-hmm. from this game, and there is something just like immediately so recognizable. Like, oh, this is this is a Mega Man character design. Mm-hmm. Um. That just feels like putting a blanket on. I'm looking at a character named Bola. Uh, who just has a sword and then some sort of kind of 
sharp boomerang thing. Uh, there's another guy named Glide who basically looks like Lorenz if you put him in a brown Mega Man suit. And then <laughs> G-L-Y-D-E. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, look at that. And then there's he's also... He's got the rose and everything. He's got the rose and everything, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then there's a guy named Claymore who is just this absolute unit of a, of a robot, but also still immediately, like, if I saw this in the wild, I'd be like, oh, yes, this is Mega Man. Oh, I um, love Claymore. Yeah, I do love I Claymore. Give Claymore I want a hug. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Chase, to hear you describe this game as like something that you use to get you out of your like darkness slump. Yeah. Um, I think I, just looking at it uh, is immediately like, Makes yeah, sense. I can see that. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of these games that... Um, we talk about on Podtimism a lot of like, I recognize that there is like a lot of stuff that is probably pretty unpalatable to people who mm. like, you know, may, may come to this for the first time, but man, it sure does have a lot of value for me outside mm. of just like, I played this before, you know, it's not just like a nostalgia experience. Yeah. Um, it's very much like I, I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the environments and just like, I think it's, it's a tone piece. I really like the tone of the game. David, did we talk about the Tone Zone for a while on Podtimism? We did. Tone Zone was a yeah. big thing. The I feel like that was an zone. early an early uh, uh, episode title. Mm-hmm. Oh. It matters. And I believe this this it does matter. And I think this was brought up as a as a, a good tone zone video game. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just a happy tone. Just it, it, yeah, it, it, it besides just the the gameplay itself and the story and anything, just the the vibe, I guess you could say as well, is the tone yeah. zone. I mean, even the little monkey guy, like I just Data. said a picture in our, in our chat, like that's yeah. a, that's a cute little monkey. It's a oh, cute little guy. That's nice. Makes me feel and nice. He does it. That monkey. He does a dance all the time. Oh. Whenever you see him, he's doing a little <laughs> dance all the time. No matter what he's doing, he's always dancing. Amazing. Wow. Always be dancing. Always, always be dancing. Be dancing. <laughs> ABD. Uh, ABD. Always be <laughs> dancing. I love that. Um, thank yeah. you for, for bringing that to the show today. It's a video game. It's it is a video game, and you have been playing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I appreciate you uh, talking about it on our program. Kim, yeah, there's a game that I know you've been playing. Uh huh. <laughs> and you've been sitting here listening to us talk about a franchise that you have not played. A franchise that you have played too much of, uh, and then uh, a, a space shooter that you're not into, and uh, what honestly looks like a really charming Mega Man game. What's what, what's what, what's this game you've been playing? I have been playing Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch. The crowd goes wild. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I need some sort of like musical stinger there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of uh, people applauding, just a bunch of horses neighing. <laughs> um, so some background about me mm-hmm. is that I am a recovered horse girl. Oh. I I loved horses as a kid. I rode horses as a kid. Um, I collected those little plastic horses. Like I was that girl for a really long time. Probably shocking to no one. And I used to play the hell out of not Barbie Horse Adventures, but another uh, computer game called Barbie Riding Club. Mm -hmm. Um, And was just obsessed with it. And so I've always, you know, I've always wanted anytime there's a horse in a game, I'm really fucking excited about it. Mm -hmm. And I am not the only horse girl gamer. There was this this woman named Alice 
I don't know if it's Alice Rupert or Ruppert, but she she started a site called The Main Quest to talk about horses and games and oh. actually became like the de facto horse game expert such that she was brought on as a consultant for uh, Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch, which is supposed to be like this is supposed to be the pinnacle of horse games. Um, and I don't know if that's true because I haven't played a lot of horse games. Apparently there are <laughs> sure. a lot of terrible horse games, but this game is really fun so far. I haven't gotten too far into it um, just yet, but the premise is you are like a young person um, who comes to this island. I guess it's called Emerald Valley. I don't know. Sure. Maybe it's not an island. It's a peninsula. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't paying that much attention. I was just excited about horses. And right. um it's sort of like a Stardew Valley-esque kind of thing where like your aunt has this estate um, that's supposed to be a ranch, but it's fallen into disrepair. There's a point. I, I know, Chase, you've been playing this game. Have you called Aunt Joe yet? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So you call Aunt Joe <laughs> and she's like, hey, I'm on a yacht. I don't care about the estate. Oh you fix God. it up, um, <laughs> which is so funny. There's there's a little bit I want to say I'm not judging Aunt Joe's lifestyle. I think it sounds really fun. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have to judge Aunt Joe's lifestyle. This game kind of wants you to. But um, <laughs> every everyone you talk to is like, I don't like your Aunt Joe that much. She doesn't take care of the horses. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But the idea is you're like rebuilding the ranch. You you like uh, you arrive via boat and are immediately met by this little like boy mare, little Lord Fauntleroy guy named Gabriel, who's wearing like shorts and like a red blazer and a top hat. And he's like, come on, let's get your horse. Like no <laughs> explanation shit. really at all. It turns out he is actually the mayor's son. I thought you were going to say is a horse. God, yeah, <laughs> no, that would but be he's a really on a cool horse. Twist. <laughs> <laughs> he's on a horse when it starts, so that would be very problematic. A horse like, that rides horse horses. Horse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you get to pick your horse. You can pick from three horses at the beginning. I chose mm. Quagga because, like me, she likes being the center of attention and dislikes when people steal her food. <laughs> um, so I just felt a real kinship with her. And then, yeah, like the horse riding feels great. There's crafting, which I haven't like gotten super into yet. There are races. There's like there's horse breeding. I think you get a bunch of letters at the beginning from people who are like, hey, I have like, you know, a stud for your mare. So if you want some genetic diversity, Whoa. come get, which like everybody, the, the phrase genetic diversity comes up so often. And it's like, <laughs> just like, this is a weird euphemism for horse semen. Um, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still so early in it that I haven't like gotten to explore all those angles yet. But sure. so far, it's really nice. Like it looks it looks really good. Like I think that this game, what I am finding is that it definitely looks like they were on a budget, but mm -hmm. they spent that budget extremely carefully to, you know, in terms of the, the things that they're invested in. Like I said, riding the horses feels incredible. And so it doesn't bother me so much that like the text boxes are a little like janky looking or, <laughs> sure. you know, like it's it, they're clearly investing in certain aspects of the game feeling really good. And if that's, you know, to the detriment of it looking like quite as polished in terms of like the UI or something like that. Like I, I, I'm just I'm constantly finding myself like kind of impressed 
with how they allocated resources in this game when it was clearly like this is not like a triple a game with a you know an unlimited amount of money to make it look like so polished but but it looks really good for what it's doing um and i'm excited to kind of see how it shakes out as i'm continuing to enjoy you know or like mine into the different kinds of mechanics that are in this game Mm. um i'm just I'm so excited to have a fun horse game. Mm-hmm. All I ever wanted was just like take Breath of the Wild and just isolate the horses in that and let me do horse stuff. That's what this game is, basically. I'm wow. into it. It sounds like a dream for you specifically. For me specifically. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it is very possible that the rest of the synchronous episodes when we talk about like, <laughs> oh, what have you been playing? It's just going to be m- me updating everyone on horse tales. I mean, oh, yeah. we can call it the horse girl diaries or something. I don't know. Well, no, it's a name. we just we stop doing bullshit. We start doing horse shit. Mm. that's nice that's That's it that's That's it aj very good i'm writing it i'm writing it down i'm writing it down crack the code thanks thank you uh chase what have you thought about uh yeah horse tales uh i am also enjoying horse tales i am not a horse girl i am married to one but i am not a horse girl um nice uh, she was just talking last night about her experiences at rawhide ranch when she was younger Uh um so i I am I am adjacent to horse enjoyment. Um, I uh, so I, like just at the outset, I will say this game is definitely not built for me, but I am still enjoying like what it's doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I keep with I, I've played a lot of games this year uh, that are sort of similar to this. Um, uh, the most recent of which is my time at Sandrock. Um, it was this kind of similar game where like you show up at a town and uh, everybody is, you know, a character and you need to go like talk to everybody and see what's going on and build your like place out a little bit um, similar to like potion permit where uh, you show up and it's same thing. There's a bunch of people in town. You got to like get to know them and like hang out. But it has horses, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, Kim, the horse riding feels great. Love the horse riding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very good. Feels uh you got like a little horse stamina meter down there at the bottom and you can just mm. really gallop away through through the area. And at first I was like, man, this map is really big. Like there's a lot of space to go like mm-hmm. riding. And I was like, I wish I could get to this place faster. Um, but I was like, wait, no, I know why the game has made it big. It's because they mm-hmm. want me to ride the fucking horse. Right. right. Um, <laughs> and so uh, just like letting go a little bit of like, I need to finish my tasks to more of like, <laughs> I, I'm just going to ride my horse dancer for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful name i named my character chores uh <laughs> just, so, yeah, just so we're all sort of clear about who who i'm uh inhabiting <laughs> um, and i did pick dancer dancer likes dogs and does not like hissing noises which like i can definitely appreciate sure um i did want to note that uh dancer is definitely a golden deer she very much reminds me of uh hilda oh in that way mm. um so Whoa. felt pretty appropriate to to put her in into that <laughs> house so like all in all, I'm enjoying this. I think like the 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 layer of jankiness is definitely there. And like it's not all the way like it, it's not to the point where I would be like, oh, was, you know, it's unplayable. Nothing like that. But like, you know, like you were saying, it's definitely an indie game. There were mm-hmm. uh, they tried to make the horse riding feel good and the world be beautiful. And like the text boxes are, nah, you know, like mm-hmm. that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If, if you're here right. for the horses, they got that right. Mm-hmm. So like that part of it is very cool. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, I tend to enjoy games that are telling like a pretty specific story. Mm. And so like when I was thinking about games that made me feel connected to my horse, uh, I, uh, like red dead two comes to mind where like mm. that, that horse is, yeah. uh, you can choose one and that's like a big part of it. And like there are mm-hmm. story beats with the horse later. Yeah. Um, ghost of Tsushima is like a big yeah. one. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good horses. Shouts out to Nobu, my horse. <laughs> I was, uh, um, I think my first playthrough was with kage Mm -hmm. black horse yeah yeah good as hell those Mm -hmm. horses yeah Mm -hmm. those are good horses (laughs) i won't say anything more yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so like i if i I was sort of coming into this hoping that like they would have a little bit of a similar story and it sounds like the like bond that you're able to build between you and your your horse is more of like i have spent a lot of time with this horse and like no it uh, it's likes and dislikes rather than mm-hmm. like, you know, it busted me out of a bad situation or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and there, there are interesting things going on with that where like mechanically different horses are like good at different things mm-hmm. and have, you know, in terms of likes and dislikes, like there's also my horse Quagga really likes the forest and so when we're riding in the forest she rides faster um like stuff like that where like the they are doing things like that and it ties into the mechanics and i'm like interested to see sort of how much control you have over that as you go but yeah Mm. it doesn't seem like a this is not like a you know a girl and her horse story (laughs) like it's very much like at some point you're going to be breeding horses and you're going to have a lot of horses and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like a one-on-one bond like with, with the horses in Red Dead or, mm. uh, uh, you could have more than one horse in Red Dead, but you usually, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which like, I, I don't hate that, right? Like it's just a different approach to storytelling where it's mm-hmm. allowing you as the player to engage with the horse mechanically. Wow. That was a sentence. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> and so like it allows you to tell your own sort of story there i think just like in general i sort of bend towards like wanting somebody to tell me a story in a game Mm -hmm. Um, unless it's like really clear that the emergent story is going to be really cool like something like journey or something like that where Mm. the story that's told there is incredibly personal and one that they have crafted so specifically for you and like one other person that you will never talk to you know like (laughs) That sort of stuff mm-hmm. is like really incredible and like kind of a magic trick that they pull off there. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I think like I I would prefer the the Hidalgo movie tie-in mm-hmm. horse story, uh-huh. like, God, rather than the emergent uh, horse story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The like horse industry. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I don't know. It, they're setting up. I can't tell if they're setting up story or if they're just setting up characters because there's mm-hmm. like sort of like a the arrival family <laughs> of horse oh people, mm-hmm. the Felix family. Yep. Um, Very secretive. Yeah. <laughs> they're supposed to be like these like rich hoity toity types. Um, I, it's, I don't know where that's going to go. So, yeah, it's definitely it's not leading with story in mm. a, in any sense. Um, but. Yeah, it'll be I'm I'm interested to see what happens. I'm reserving judgment on a lot of it yeah. until then. Uh now Kim, the 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 trailer looked very, you know, kind of breath of the wild e. Mm-hmm. Um what's the shrine situation like? So, no shrines, but I have been finding orbs. Oh. Um which as you recall when you finish a shrine in uh in Breath of the Wild, you do you get, get an orb. orb. Yeah. Um so 
yeah i don't and i'm still not entirely sure what the orbs are i think what the orbs are is like it increases your fame which is like some kind of mechanic that's important i don't quite recall how just yet wow um but you increase your fame by like winning races and stuff Mm -hmm. which by the way chase i don't know if you've done a race but i i got my my ass kicked just got huh? obliterated oh it was God. embarrassing wow um well quagga doesn't like jumping that much so mm. <laughs> the whole thing um and maybe i'm not that good at pushing the button at the right time also <laughs> huh? um, <laughs> but so yeah there's an orb situation is all i can say mm-hmm. i don't know um if we're gonna learn more about those orbs or if it's literally just like hey you found a cool corner of the map here's an orb yeah um, just like a little prize yeah i'll keep um, you updated on that though wow this sounds wild it, just describing like the the way that it's just trying to get you to ride a horse and appreciate <laughs> the horse mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. interesting to me and also the fact that that like the main what was it the main game is that what it was called the website the main quest the main quest is like a website that exists about talking about horses and games <laughs> and that they got this person to work on this game, I think is, is a really brilliant move for the, the people who were, you know, the devs, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's, it, I'm really curious to see if like the longer you play this game, well, like how much the, your fame and stuff and like these new horses that you get with different mechanical advantages, like how much uh-huh. of an actual game, there is past the point of like I am riding the horse and I am appreciating the horse that I'm riding. Mm. I'm just really curious what the the next step in the the game is after that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for your future horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good. Yeah. But otherwise, all that being said, I believe that brings us to the end of the show today. Uh unless anybody else has anything they would like to talk about. Uh no. no, video games are good and video they're games for everybody. Are good Gaming and, for everybody. and horses. Gaming uh, Mar- and horses. Marvel Snap is very good. I didn't talk about that, but it's a game that I'm playing a lot. Mm. It's a very good video game. I've been playing a little bit of Marvel Snap. I I know that it's like a big point of of like the, the part of it that is good is that it's not super complex. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not like other card games, but part of me like really misses that other part mm. of card games that mm. is like you know, arguably bad it's and kind not of predatory. sophisticated enough for age. No, it's just like like the parts of Hearthstone where like and and Magic: The Gathering where it's like you know there's different seasons and every season there's new cards. I get that in in practice and in concept that is a really shitty thing, but <laughs> I do really enjoy the idea of the game staying like fresh. I guess, mm. and I understand the 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 way that Marvel Snap is is kind of getting around that is introducing these new locations and changing the percentage chance that a location shows up as like a, a huge mechanic of a season of that game. Um, and I can appreciate that. And I really like, uh, you know, I respect it. And I think it's the correct move, but I don't know if I'm just like hearthstone pilled or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but I do kind of miss that, like, I guess, crunchiness of, mm-hmm. of like a, a, a more classic style card game. That's just that's something I've been thinking a lot about uh, in regards to Marvel Snap. So. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Cool. I, cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail your outro. No, you're fine. That's why game. I asked. Yeah, it's um, a good game. Yeah. But anyway, now anyway. 
now, now I'm ready to end the show. Uh, Jason, David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for coming uh, on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Great. Especially appreciate David taking time out of your study schedule. Yes, David. We really appreciate uh, that. This was a great study break. I appreciate. I honestly appreciate it. Get my mind <laughs> off of everything else. I go back fresh. It's good. Nice. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having us, you two. I really mm-hmm. love async, so it's always a, a a dream to come hang out. Yeah, well, Yay. dreams do come true. <laughs> uh, well, we love Potimism, and uh, we think our listeners should also listen to Potimism if they're not. So, where can they find Potimism on the internet? I think the easiest place is Potimism.com. You can go mm-hmm. there and like find a link to a Twitter or a place to listen to the episodes. You can mm-hmm. suggest an episode if you personally have a game that you're like, "Hey, this game kind of sucks, but I like it a lot." <laughs> Uh, then you can tell us to play that, and we will. Um, we've got a, a, a little pile of those sort of games right now, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll find the thing that we like about it. There's going yep. to there's gonna be something, I swear yeah. to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Chase and David played a game that I played growing up that is maybe the hardest game that uh, I have uh, found yet, uh, called Fatal Labyrinth on the Sega Genesis. And I am, Ooh. in the year 2022, and or just past the year 1999, I am thrilled to hear anybody talk about that game, because it was weirdly such a formative part of my gaming experience. Uh, even though I never got past the first level, I think, because it's I was so hard. a child. Video game. It's there's really no hard. hand-holding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just throws you um, in the deep end. Yeah. And absolutely amazing. Uh, so there's Potimism.com. Uh, yep. Where can they find the two of you? Uh, sort of on the internet a little bit. I'm at Chase Lullhard on Twitter, um, but the, I'm not I'm not on there that hard. And like maybe mm-hmm. less on there soon. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twitter's like maybe dying. <laughs> Unclear. Yeah. Honestly, Podtimism, I feel like is our uh, my my biggest internet footprint. So sure, same. You know, yeah, go go there if you want to hang out, mm-hmm. internet Lee. <laughs> Beautiful, and that's also at Podtimism on Twitter. Correct, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Great. Uh, so thank you two for coming on, uh, and as always. Thank you to Scout Wilkinson. Oh my gosh, can we have our own scout out on this? Scout out. Yeah, please. Whoa. Scout it out. The four person scout out. <laughs> <A> full <laughs> scout out. Uh, to Scout Wilkinson for making our wonderful episode, or uh, our wonderful podcast art, and also the podcast art of video game Potimism. Yeah, both mm-hmm. of them. Both of them. And they're both the savant. Really great. Yeah, Scout is great at what she does. Uh, and so you should throw her a few bucks uh, over on her Kofi page, uh, mm-hmm. or just throw her a follow at least on Twitter. Uh, those links are in the show notes. Amaranthin makes our music. Really love the music. Thank you so much, Amaranthin, for that. Uh, links also in the show notes. Uh, the Worst Garbage is our podcasting partner, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you can visit. There are, we have a channel in the Discord. Our partner uh, in pods. A partner in pods. Uh, <laughs> the Worst Garbage. That link is at the very bottom of the show notes. We'll show you all the other shows on the network as well as a link to the discord uh and normally we do final words because we are talking about specific parts of a game but kim do you have final words for us today i i actually do oh always be dancing (laughs) (laughs) yes always be dancing chase david thank you so much listeners thank you so much we will see you next week bye-bye goodbye bye bye Video game, video game sprite geist.
Is that? Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's very yep. good. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 